the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Fernelli, that's Bud Elliott, that's Danny Cannell. I'm Chip Patterson coming to you live at YouTube.com slash Cover 3 and all across the 24-7 Sports Facebook network. Thanks for hanging out. Smash that subscribe, smash the like, and come and join us in the chat. Draft season rolling on. We're wrapping it up this week, but after doing the quarterbacks and the pass catchers, wide receivers and tight ends, after doing the Oklahoma drill draft with our offensive linemen, defensive linemen, running back and linebackers, we've got the coach draft. For those of you who are not familiar, it is six rounds. We want one head coach, one offensive coordinator, one defensive coordinator, and three wild card position coaches or other assistants. We will be getting into that, including a review of last year's draft coming up in just a little bit. Uh, But as we are joining you here on Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern time, we are hours away from the release of the future SEC schedule. It will be released later on Wednesday night, but boy, that thing is springing more leaks than a hose that got into a fight with squirrel. All right, so we've already started to got little bits and pieces. Um, When I was putting the rundown together last night, I was going to ask for some expectations, games you wanted to see, things you wanted to see. But now that we've already got the knowledge of, you know, an Alabama-Georgia game in Tuscaloosa in 2024, yo, Uh, We've already got the knowledge that every SEC team will play either Texas or Oklahoma in the very first year of um, this, you know, schedule that we're going with, at least for a little bit, eight game schedule. Danny, what would you like to see or based on the leaks we have here at the, uh, the time of taping, what are you expecting or excited about from the schedule release? The Oklahoma, Texas angle. I mean, I think that's what everybody's going to be intrigued by to see who's playing, who, where are you playing them? Um, you know, they're the new kids on the block. I think that's probably the most compelling storyline by far. They play nine games. No. Okay. Who cares? No. No, uh, seriously. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's always, it's, it's stupid. It's one of those things where I, I tell myself before a schedule release comes out, it's like, oh, who cares? It's a list of games about win. And then it comes out, and I just go through it and pour through it, and I get super excited. So I am excited to see it. I do want to see, especially with Oklahoma and Texas joining the league, the matchups they get. Because as you said, Chip, 
They are going to split. Everybody's going to play at least one of them in that first season. It's going to be interesting to see. You know, I, I'm assuming they will give Texas to Texas A&M, but maybe they won't. Maybe they'll give Texas A&M Oklahoma. We'll see what kind of reaction that causes. But yeah, it's. I just want to see the matchups. I want to see what it looks like. I'm looking forward to it, even if it is just a schedule and it's not even this year's. I, I'm excited to see just more matchups of the, the former East teams against the former West teams, right? And I, one thing I think you got to give the Big Ten credit for, whether or not you think playing nine games was important or, or unimportant, is that they really did a good job not keeping rivalries that are not true rivalries that people don't seem to care about, aside, especially rivalries that are, are like, we need both fan bases to actually care about them. So you know, maybe we don't have to watch like, South Carolina A&M or whatever other forced rivalry uh, that you want to, to say is is a rival because there, there really no there's no rivalry there. So more, more diversity in terms of who you're going to play on an annual basis, I, I think will be will be a lot of fun. Um, I, I think Chip Brown had uh, had what Bama going to Texas or, or, or Texas going to Bama and uh, Georgia going to Alabama. So uh, some heavy hitters at SEC for sure is, uh, is going to have some nice matchups next year and this yeah, year. I mean, they, they always have good games. Yeah, reportedly, um, Georgia will be going to Austin to play Texas. Um, so that will be one when you're doing your Georgia Oklahoma thing. Uh, Texas A and M will play host to Texas uh, in that. Yeah, yeah, on yeah. I mean, Come on, put it on Thanksgiving. That's, that's what we're really excited about here is we get Texas and Texas A and M uh, back on the field once again. Um, there's. There's going to be a lot more to chew on and certainly a little bit to dive into on Thursday once we actually get to see uh, who ends up getting the better end of the draw. So we begin with the Cover 3 Coach Draft with a review of what we had in last year's Coach Draft. Danny had the first overall pick, and he went with Nick Saban. He added that with uh, defensive coordinator Jim Knowles from Ohio State in the second round, offensive line coach Bill Biedenbaugh in the third, offensive coordinator Jeff Lebby from Oklahoma in the fourth, defensive line coach Bo Davis, a motivational speaker himself in the fifth, and Dre Bly, no longer with the North Carolina Tar Heels, defensive backs coach in the sixth. Uh, Danny, what did you think about your staff, um, You know, looking back at it? The heavy on the Oklahoma, um, you know, aspect there did not pay off necessarily. Still think they're good coaches. Still think they might even be in the conversation this year to get drafted. I'd take Bo Davis again just for the uh, the speech on the bus, the butt chewing. Yep. I, I feel good about Jim Knowles still. The Saban one, it was an automatic last year. This year, I don't know if it is such an automatic, even though it didn't pay off. I would pay money to watch Bo Davis give a speech after coaching with Dre Bly and Jim Knowles, given what those two defenses did last year in big games in terms of the explosive plays given up. He's like, my D-line's getting pressure, and you, why, why show up, right? Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> Bo Davis motivational speech part two. I, I, I'm i in for it on Denny's team. Uh, I had the second overall pick. It was Larry Johnson in the first round, the defensive line coach from Ohio State. Phil Parker, defensive coordinator from Iowa in the second. Gary Patterson, assistant head coach from Texas in the third. Jeff Grimes, offensive coordinator from Baylor in the fourth. Ryan Day, head coach of the Ohio State University in the fifth. And tight ends coach from Texas A&M, James Coley, down in the sixth. I will say that... 
obviously Larry Johnson, Phil Parker, Gary Patterson. We had things started out well. Ryan Day, very happy with my head coach. Jeff Grimes' stock was higher going into the 2022 season than it was after last year. Not, I mean, a lot of turnover there, but I think the quarterback position, you know, up the development, the management, when they decided to go with who, and injuries played a role in some of that. Uh, Baylor's offense definitely left something to be desired there. Uh, Tom, in the third spot last year, took Kirby Smart. National champion. Worked out well. Uh, defensive line coach Al Washington from Notre Dame in the second. Vince Morrow, tight ends coach from Kentucky in the third. Del McGee, running backs National coach champion. from Georgia in the fourth. Andy Ludwig, offensive coordinator. champion. Utah in the fifth. And Ryan Walters. Top three defense, now the head coach of Purdue. In the sixth round. It was a homer pick at the time. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. No, you introduced it as a homer pick, and you were like, I got to save this for last because you guys don't know about this guy. Ha, ha, ha. But who did? Who knew? You, this hey, is like this is like getting Marvin Harrison in the fourth round of a wide receiver draft. That's what that was. Tom listens to too many draft podcasts. He's got, <laughs> a, he's got an edge on this. The first pick, right? No, he had the third pick. He did he this all from pick. the three spot. Oh, I'm saying we have a draft podcast called With the First Pick. Yeah. Ah, there I'm you trying go. to be a company man here. Look at that. There I, you go. Um, Ryan Wilson, Rick Spielman, always, you know, just because the NFL draft is behind us, the, uh, the 2024 NFL draft right around the corner. Be sure to check that out wherever you get your podcast. But from the four spot went with Brian Hartline, then a wide receivers coach at Ohio state university, followed it up with Jim Leonard, the defensive coordinator at Wisconsin, Dabo Sweeney, head coach of Clemson, Kendall Bryles, offensive coordinator at Arkansas. Now at TCU, Todd Bates, defensive line coach at Oklahoma and uh, Jim, Help me out with it. Offensive line coach from Oregon State. Halsick. Halsick. There we go. Uh, Bud, what do you think looking back on it? I feel pretty good. I mean, like Hartline got promoted. Leonard. I, I Run out of town. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, is anybody on this podcast really turning down Jim Leonard as their DC? I, he got run not. out of town. Now, Dabo, like <laughs> Dabo not using the portal. He's not on my list this year. All right. Yeah. But, you know. Well, I, if I had to draft five or six, he'd be on there. Um, Kendall Browse, I think, still run out of town. <laughs> Upgraded. I, I think TCU is a better job than Arkansas. Uh, Todd Bates is probably the only one I wouldn't have on the list this year. You know, they, they their D line has not been what I thought it'd be at Oklahoma, uh, but he did a nice job at Clemson. So it's just one year. And uh, Oregon State ran inside zone about twenty five times in a yeah. row, beating Oregon. And <laughs> like, I mean, if if you're Jim Mahalzik. Do you even show up to the Nike Coach of the Year Clinic, or are you just like are you just say, "Hey, I'm going to send in these cutups." If you want to see just an absolute thing of beauty, almost as nice as this painting behind me here uh, at uh, at my hotel for the Elite Eleven, um, just guys, just watch, watch this front inside zone. This is just absolutely beautiful, a, a, a work of art. So, pretty good. I mean, I think Tom might have won this. Might yes. have definitely. Yeah, won I this. think so too. Yeah. And mm-hmm. do you know yeah. what the uh, the sneaky tipping point for me is? Oh, well, he probably won it, but what put it over the top was Notre Dame's defensive line was sick last year. Like they, we we criticized the offense. They had the quarterback issues. They didn't have a huge passing game, but that defense was still pretty nasty. Isaiah Foskey had a huge season, and they continued to be just just absolutely tenacious in terms of uh, getting into the backfield with, uh, with havoc causing plays. And that has been something that has been right there with, uh, with Washington and the fighting Irish for a while. 
I was uh, I was impressed by that one for sure. I I agree. I think Tom won this. Dang, Tom's just taking belts here during draft season. <laughs> Some of us are champions. That's all I'm saying. I would like to defend set. the first two picks in the BJ uh, Oklahoma draft. By the way, Kelvin Banks and Jaheim Otis are two like the freakiest freaks you'll ever see for how well they move at that size, and Amarius Mims is as well. Like I, I, if you see those guys in person, you'll get it. How or wide is the Oklahoma the, drill? The, the what now? How wide is the Oklahoma drill again? Well, my two when, when my two offensive linemen line them next to each other, it's going to be about uh, so doesn't about, really move seven how, feet wide. Doesn't really matter how well they move side to side. Then it's just who gets off the ball and gets the most power going forward. Then correct. Yeah. All right. And can hey, you listen. explain Aiden Robbins because we just looked up his bio live on the show after it was introduced? <laughs> Boy, he he's he. He's a lot of beef try, try, trying to run you over. I, you're not going to get a lot of clean shots at him, right? Because my guys are going to be blocking you in, into oblivion. So he's going to run through those arm tackles that my guys are going to, uh, you know, are going to create. Listen, I have no problem with your first two picks because at least you didn't pick two 250 pound players like Chip did to start yeah. his draft. <laughs> Small, listen, chip on the shoulder. That's what the, <laughs> that's what the chip team is about. Okay. It's about that dog. All right. No one's, no one's questioning the dog we got. Let's go. All right. Coming up on the other side, we turn the page from 2022 to 2023. It is time for the 2023 Cover 3 Coach Draft. We'll get into that and more next. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. Back here on the Cover 3 podcast. And we begin with Danny Cannell in the one comma one spot. Danny, get us started. Who is your first selection to the coach draft? So I'll be really curious to see who goes with uh, Hugo with two, Chip, and everybody else. Because I think there's only one head coach. I, in uh, past years, I think you can make case for two or three that you'd go one, two, three, and you'd want them quick before anybody else could snatch them up. But since I have the number one pick, I'll take the best coach in college football right now. Give me Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart goes one, two, Danny Cannell. I will keep it in Athens. Who did the number one pick play for last year? Which team was he on? He didn't play. Listen. I'm saying, whose team was he on last year in the coaching draft? Oh, mine. That's right. It's like, yet again, another draft in which the very first pick is somebody that I drafted last year. That's crazy how that happens. I'm going to keep it in Athens. Um, so, obviously, I'm not taking a head coach. I will go with defensive coordinator Glenn Schumann for my first pick. That's good news. Bud. You're on the clock. 
<laughs> yes, Harry? Yeah. yeah. Ooh, okay. Yeah, my my AirPods uh, disconnected. So, uh, <laughs> Apple, you're 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 not on the nice list right now. <laughs> All right. Um, damn, because they took. All right, Kirby. Obviously, I think is a really good pick. Um, I just think it's. I don't need this guy to coach another ten years. Can you give me another, another three or four really good years? Best coach in the history of football, at least college football. Give me Nick Saban. Nick Saban. Uh, Downgraded yeah, from one to three. Basketball. That's a yeah, yep. Yeah. You miss out on you you lose by one score at Tennessee and by one score at LSU, and all of a sudden you're finding yourself tumbling down the draft boards. Tom, you're on the corner. Who you like? Well, hmm. Trying to figure out if I want this head coach desperately and, and if I want to risk risk chip taking him but i don't think chip's gonna take him so i'm going to start with my offensive coordinator i'm going to take garrett riley the offensive coordinator at clemson for my first pick and then for my second pick because i gotta have somebody on the other side of the ball if i'm I'm going to take Phil Parker, the Iowa defensive coordinator. So Phil Parker is going to be living in an entirely new world where he's on the sideline as the offense is on the field and they are actually scoring points. And maybe it's going to take him some time to adjust. But I think combining Phil Parker's defensive prowess with Garrett Riley's offensive prowess, I can be the head coach. We're going to win games. But when we come back next year and it's another eight and four season for Iowa, like with like a top five defense, <laughs> yeah, it's like average yeah. eleven points per game. Yeah, but they've improved all the way to like ninety second in offense. <laughs> but you were tooting your horn for all those national championships on your last year's squad, so we'll just remember that. Just say, you know, hey, Clemson might win the national title this year. Like, no, I'm not. I'm. Not, I have no problem with Garrett Riley pick. Just say, right. well, I know he's well. I have Phil Parker on my list too. Yeah, of but course. like. Phil Parker has a level of professionalism and just do your job about him that I, I think we all could aspire to, right? I mean, like he has to walk into that building and be like, what "All right, direct deposit hit. Let's let's go be an awesome defense again." It, <laughs> really, like looks over to the offensive meeting room. Oh, lawsuit didn't settle in time. Okay, we're running this back. <laughs> all right. Well, like, cool. and he's also again. He, there's there's something else too. The like Phil Parker always has the results. But there's also just the, I mean, and I am not, you know, not, not, not as we uh, discussed in the Oklahoma drill draft, I'm light on experience in the locker room myself, but there's something about the teaching aspect. I mean, you don't go from being these like evaluation, sure, but evaluation, but also like teaching the fundamentals. You don't turn three stars into the NFL draft picks without being able to help them improve along the way. You know, these guys got you know, low ratings as high school prospects because of their physical skill set. Then they're able to overcome that in addition to being able to put on some weight and be able to improve. So I like teaching the game of being an elite defense is something that I've always put in Phil Parker's book as well. We're going to win games 49 to 10 every week. That's what my team is doing. Uh, all right, bud, your second pick to go with Nick Saban. I, a guy that just plays awesome defense every time for this school. Like the, the offense recently has been a little bit better. Uh, damn, I actually have two D, DC choices. I, I like a lot here, but I got three offensive coordinator choices. So I can, I can wait on one of them uh, potentially and, and get them around the turn. 
he just got on my almost list last year. I thought they played pretty good defense. I'm I'm gonna take Matt House of LSU. Mm-hmm. Yeah, guy, he's got NFL experience. I think they recruit well. I I think Matt House does a really good job. They took a huge step forward last year. Yeah, surging up the big board after um what we saw from that group last year. And I don't have the scheme eye that others do, but schemers say that the way that everything was sort of cooked up and called was very impressive and, and good, especially for the tools that he had right there. Um, Confusing. No, no hate for there. All right. Joining Glenn Schumann, we're going to address the offensive side of the ball. We're going to oh, go with someone. Should we, should we note that like, you can't take a coordinator as one of your wild cards just for for the audience falling at home. I I thought we, we already say that, that, right? I've had audio issues today. Apologies, yeah. guys. Well, I mean, like you can't load up with offensive coordinators, right? I mean, that was like at the very beginning what? of when we launched the coach draft. You can't be like, okay, and you know, just be like for my next pick is a great example. Okay, I cannot use Brian Hartline as a wild card wide receiver coach. Mm-hmm. He has been promoted to offensive coordinator, so therefore he is my offensive coordinator. I stand by the pick because he's going to kill it on the recruiting trail. His development at the wide receiver position is still going to give my staff um, the explosiveness that you need in the modern game. And, you know, frankly, I think that we're looking at him as, even though he just got promoted, as one of the top four or five offensive coordinators in the entire country. I feel like this is a good opportunity to go ahead and uh, snap him up. So give me the offensive coordinator uh, from the Buckeyes. See, now I had all, a, oh, go ahead. No, I would say you guys have snatched a lot of mine, which is good. I think we're all on the same page. I expected this to happen. What were you going to say, Tom? I was just going to say I had a, a strategy in mind with Chip's pick, and I'm really interested to see what he does in the third round now because I want to see if he's thinking the same way that I am. Uh, I doubt uh, it. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go ahead. I'm <laughs> I love the game theory that's taking place here with Tom. He's always thinking step ahead. Mm, chip dumb, Tom smart. That's right. That's right. All right. For my defensive coordinator pick, I'm going to go with a guy who I think was a perfect fit for this spot. I think they could have a huge breakout year. I think we've appreciated more as a head coach now that he's been gone from where he was, where there was a pretty dramatic drop-off. But maybe he's just best served in a coordinator role. Give me Manny Diaz from Penn State. That defense is going to be good this year. Defense is going to be good last year. It's good most years, but it's going to be good again this year. They're going to be good. I I like his scheme. I like his. I like his aggressive nature. I like the way he dials up uh, pressures. And then for my offensive coordinator slash offensive line coach, give me Sharon Moore, Michigan. I can't get him as my offensive line coach, right? It's the same as Brian Hartline. Correct. Okay. I'm so, playing. I'm calling plays. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Back, back to uh back to chip. Let me make sure. Oh, did we just lose Bud? Yes, we did. Oh no. I'll, I'll make Uh-oh. his picks for him. Oh no. All right. 
So we have addre- we have addressed the offensive coordinator. We've still got the defensive coordinator. I'm going to go to defensive line. Yeah, let's just go right back to my bag. Yeah, why not? Larry Johnson. Don't overthink this. He's my first round pick last year. I still think he's um, an elite, uh, an elite defensive line uh, coach. He's an incredible recruiter, and you know we're we're looking at a, an Ohio State defensive line that has had some names come through where we had this like you know the Chase Young Bosa level expectations and they weren't always realized. But I think you know with Big Bear Jack Sawyer, you know, and a few other boys up there on the line, I think that we're going to see that group continue to be. Uh, a little bit tenacious and uh, and get back after it this year. So uh, give me Larry Johnson here in the third defensive line coach. I'm actually kind of upset that Bud got back in time because Jordan was going to take Brian Ferentz as his offensive coordinator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this technology. Uh, I, I was already not going to be on the show tomorrow, but like now I'm definitely not going to be on the show. Uh, I'm going to go with Alex Atkins here. Um, yep. I, I thought like there was three guys that I, I thought might get picked. Chip took one. Danny took one. I think Atkins is one of the best recruiters in the country. They do a lot of really diverse stuff with their run schemes. You know, he's got a little Mike Norvell in the offense, right? Willie Fritz in, in, in the offense, a lot of good offensive influences. I think he'll be a head coach someday. And like by far FSU's best, best offensive co- or best recruiter. And I, I think a really good schematic guy and forever, like they were the uh, they were the laughing stock of the league, right? On the offensive line, and now they're like it's actually a strength. So I think the guy's a stud. My favorite little thing for those watching on the YouTube right now is that Jordan had Alex Atkins, comma OC filled in right off the bat, and then he was sitting there waiting for Bud to give him any hint as to where Alex Atkins was the coach before he finally put FSU. And I just that those are the little things I love. <laughs> Yeah. Um, all right, so we are closed out on DCs and OCs across the board. It's all coordinators or head coaches from this point on. Or not coordinators, um, assistants or head coaches. Uh, so I better take some assistance, seeing as how two of you already have head coaches. That's a huge I, game theory mistake by me. I should have yeah. just waited since y'all can't take another OC. Yeah. Well, they see, this is why I win the drafts. This is why I win. Yeah. Um, give me Del McGee, the running backs coach right. at Georgia. Back to the well. Oh, God, you got to get that talent. Jay. <laughs> you got to get the players. And then let's see. Huh? Do I want to go there? Where do I? Let's see. Got to have a defensive line coach. Give me Al Washington from Notre <laughs> Dame. <laughs> Shocking. All right, so, so far, for those listening at home, Danny is halfway through. He's got Kirby Smart as his head coach. He's got Manny Diaz from Penn State as his defensive coordinator, Sharon Moore from Michigan as his offensive coordinator. I've got Glenn Schumann as my defensive coordinator from Georgia, Brian Hartline, offensive coordinator from Ohio State, Larry Johnson, defensive line coach from Ohio State. Uh, We've got Nick Saban leading the charge for Bud as head coach with Matt House as defensive coordinator, Alex Atkins from Florida State as offensive coordinator. Tom's got Garrett Riley as his offensive coordinator, Phil Parker as his defensive coordinator, Del McGee as a running backs coach, Al Washington as a defensive line coach. So still got some wild cards for Danny. 
Chip still needs two wild cards and a head coach. Uh, Bud still needs three wild cards, and Tom, with two picks left, needs to feel, fill his head coach and one wild card. And coming up on the other side, we continue rounding out our Cover 3 coach draft, including who won the draft and the best names left off. Next. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount+. Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Back here on the Cover 3 Podcast, Bud, fourth round. It is on to you. Where are you going? I'm going to stick with this little run of Georgia coaches. I'm surprised he's still on the board here. One of the best recruiters in the country. His position room, obviously, is is just filled with with freaks. Give me Todd Hartley at Georgia. I Mm -hmm. I think this guy is a, a rising star in the industry, really knows what he's doing. And, uh, yeah, we're – I'm liking this. The like aggressive run game with Atkins and Hartley on offense. We got Nick Saban managing the whole thing, defensive mind along with Matt House. I I feel good about this. Um, I'm gonna go and uh, beef up the offensive line right here. We saw I mean a great recruiter too, but you know, the offensive line development at Oregon was really, really good. He went and got a couple of the best offensive line uh, prospects from this upcoming recruiting class. Brought in some good guys from the transfer portal as well. Um, if this program is going to have the step forward that it absolutely needs for its head coach, then Alex Mirabal is going to be a big part of it. So I'm going to go with Alex Mirabal from Miami as my offensive line coach. Yeah, they're the way they're recruiting O line with, with the two kids they just got. They're they're going to mess up the rest of the league uh, coming. Like I, they're going to they're going to move people out of the way. It's well. And the the flip side of it is that I've um, you know pointed to a if one of the theories that I have for ACC football in general is that there are not a lot of dominant offensive lines in that conference, mm-hmm. and that oftentimes in an ACC football conference game the defensive lines are better than the offensive lines, so it's just not easy to be able to see any kind of competent offensive football on a, a regular basis if Miami. Turn, flips itself into a team with a nasty offensive line, then that is a way to be a differentiator just because there's not a lot of those all throughout the conference. And obviously, like I said, Mirabal's got to be a part of it. So uh, it'll be interesting to watch. Danny, back to you on the turn. All right, I'm going to give you a couple homer picks. Let's go. Not necessarily how you're thinking, though. Ooh. Both of them former teammates of mine. Oh, I thought you were going to say Billy Napier. Oh, no, you've heard of that. <laughs> no, definitely not. I'm going to go for my defensive line coach. Give me Nick, uh, Nick Eason from Clemson. Uh, lengthy NFL career. Clemson's defensive line. I think they've got a ton of talent up front. Dude played in the NFL quite a while. I think he's a great recruiter. I think he'll be able to relate to a lot of these kids. I think he'll be able to maximize what he gets out of them. And we mentioned the offensive line being able to push around people in the ACC. It's pretty much everybody but Clemson teams have been able to push around. So I'll take Nick Eason. And then for my wide receivers coach, I will go with former teammate of mine in Tallahassee. Give me Ron Dugans, uh, Florida State's wide receiver coach, who has 
he told me two years ago, I saw him at the spring game, and he's like, we're finally starting to get some guys, some guys that can come in here and play. And that was before we saw what Johnny Wilson was this year. Um, they're getting healthy. They've got size. He's got Ken Coleman. So I think he's going to do a phenomenal job there with the veteran quarterback. So give me Dukes. Um, oh, he's got, uh, you know who he's got visiting on Monday? Who? Jeremiah Smith, number one receiver. Chip, got, got to get on, get on the horn, the heart line, man. Got, they, uh, Knowles 24-7 reported that Jeremiah Smith's coming in for a visit on Monday, number one receiver in the country. So battle, battle between Danny and Chip. Well, no, it's a, it's a, it's bad news for the Buckeyes because Heartline's already recruiting for me. Okay, He's, <laughs> he, found out, he found out about our limitless resources that we have here at CPU, and uh, and he he's going to go to whoever pays him the most. Um, Danny, was Eason your teammate in Denver? Is that right? Yes, but the story on him—did I tell you what happened to him? I think so. So yeah, he actually quit. So that it usually happens every fall camp, whether it was in college in Tallahassee, whether it was with the Giants, Broncos, the Falcons, wherever it was, somebody would always drop out. I mean, it's kind of like the Navy SEALs when you ring the bell. Somebody just taps out like it's too much for them. And one day we come to practice. Everybody's like, where's Nick Eason? Like, where is he? And he had quit and gone home. And they had to, like, find him, go back and get him. And he came, you know, he ended up working out pretty well for him. But he was he was quitting. He was going to quit football. Did you see the videos of him going through the mat drills in like January and February? I didn't. He was going, yeah, he was going through them himself and tearing yeah. it up. It's <laughs> even better. Now I like <laughs> the pick even more. Yeah, no, I, was, I loved it. And the, and all the defensive linemen loved it. The fact that he was getting out there with the ropes and and going through it. It was it was cool. I'm a I'm a big Nick Eason fan. I think that was a that was a good addition for uh for Clemson to bring the uh, the former Tiger back home. Um on Mondays during the season, at least until the college football playoff uh, rankings come out, one of the activities that we do here on the Cover 3 podcast involves um, taking a look at the new AP and coaches poll, You know, just making some, not necessarily reporting who's moving up and down, but some interesting comments on ballots and the movement. What's the name of that segment called? Upon Further Review. No, it's called Poll Assassin. Damn. Upon Further Review is the show. So... In honor of the pole assassin, Jeff Banks, special teams coordinator. <laughs> excellent recruiter. You know, we get that, um, you know, that extra little bit of sauce that you need just to be able to keep everybody on their toes. And, uh, and I just think that that's going to be good for, you know, just the overall vibes to be able to have uh, a good people person like Jeff Banks in the house. So uh, give me Jeff Banks, special teams coordinator from Texas. That is outstanding. I like it. (laughs) Um, All right. I know everybody wants me to take it in in the chat, wants me to take a D-line coach. There's like four or five really good D-line coaches still available. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go up to Penn State. I'm going to take Juwan Sider. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Really, really high-level recruiter. Uh certainly a thorn in the side of all, of all the Florida schools uh, coming down and doesn't always win all the battles because it's hard to you know pluck kids all the way to Happy Valley from, from Lauderdale. Uh, but a, a guy who has done a really good job in the state for a long time, high-level recruiter, good football coach. I, yeah. Hartley and Cider, we're, we're going to have some studs, guys, and I, I think we'll coach them up. I mean – you got Nick. You got Nick Saban, Matt House, Alex Atkins. Yeah, everybody, yeah. everybody knows their role on on Bud's uh, 
you've put it together in the true like um, the the way that I'm sure that a listener is imagining. You know, you because I didn't yeah. pick an offensive line coach because I because I got Atkins as my you know as, as my OC. That's mm-hmm. smart. It works out. And I didn't take a wide receiver coach because I got Heartline. I mean, there's there's some thinking behind this. It's a little bit more than just big board and go. All right, Tom, uh, you've got already Garrett Riley, Phil Parker, Del McGee, and Al Washington. And I, an OC, a DC, running backs coach, and a defensive line coach. We still need a head coach and one more wild card. Um, where are we going? Well, there's a lot of DB coaches on my board, but I don't need to take one because I've got Phil Parker. So what I am going to do is I'm going to, I've got one side of the trenches addressed with Al Washington, who can both coach up defensive linemen and acquire talent for my roster. I'm going to get me somebody who can coach up some offensive linemen and acquire talent for my roster. I'm going back to the well, man. Heading back to Athens, Danny's favorite campus in the country. Give me Stacy Cyril's to coach my offensive line. Um, Cider's a running backs coach, by the way, for those uh, oh, watching yeah. live. George's got DL. <laughs> on the uh, on the dock right now but yeah so that means that now uh it was pointed out that going into this before tom's pick here at the end of the fifth round that we already had one georgia coach on everyone's coaching staff now i've got now tom's got two (laughs) (laughs) um all right tom close it out you know, there are other Georgia's coaches that are still on my board that I can't draft because I've got those spots already filled. So I guess I'm going to take my head coach. Now, I could have a family reunion if I really wanted to, but I don't, I mean, I don't really need two Rileys in the same room. They both kind of do the same thing and talk to each other anyway. So having them working together is really pointless. So I'm just going to go with the head coach here. And there are two candidates that I would take and I'm trying to decide which one I'm going to take. But I think even though one of them has won two conference titles in recent years and been to the college football playoff each of the last two years, I've got to go with this other one just because I've admired his work for far longer. Give me Brian Kelly. I mean, I think putting Brian Kelly with the staff I currently have right now, I am going to be able to do quite a bit of damage at Fornelli tech. I like that pick. Oh, he, he just gives, kicked, it's, it, he kicked it's it down the line to me. Oh, oh man. man. All right. Gosh, Chip's going to get – yeah. Yeah, I'm getting roasted one way or the other. He, he just no, – I, I, that punted it. He, oh, I'll take oh. Brian Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, this is going to be interesting. All right. I think George will cut my internet off if we do not take a Tennessee <laughs> coach. So, long time – Good recruiter in the SEC, good coach. Jordan, you you want you want to take Roddy Garner here? Play play Rocky Top. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Roddy right. Garner, Tennessee. I I I like this staff. This is this is quality team. BJ. I know because um, Danny went with Kirby Smart in the first round. Bud went with Nick Saban in the first round. Tom and Chip were left with head coaching opportunities and mm-hmm. um. I figured that Brian Kelly was one of the the ways that could, you know, throw a wrinkle in this. My hope inside the war room was that we'd be looking at a Ryan Day Dabo Sweeney situation. Tom would take one, I would take the other. Now, by taking Brian Kelly, he's left us in a position where either <laughs> a two-time national champion with six 
college football playoff appearances and seven conference titles in the last eight years might go undrafted in the cover <laughs> three coach draft. Hold on. I got to, I got to type up this tweet. Wow. Chip just or, took over. Or, <laughs> or Ryan day whose cumulative record as a head football coach at the college level is 45 and six is going to go undrafted. Now, one of those two things is going to happen based on this next decision. Dabo. Also, Chip. Yeah. You're taking Dabo? Dabo. Oh. Yeah. No, come on. I like it. Yeah, no, this is... Uh, look at everything else that I have stacked together. I, I need the CEO. Like, I need somebody who's going to be out there taking care of all the big picture stuff. Now, I don't need... The, the guy who is so dialed into the offensive game plan, he's losing his mind on the third down conversion. Like I, I need something that's, that's going to be high level here. Um, and I'm just, I'm, I'm fundamentally not going to allow a two time national champion who has played in the college football playoff national championship game four times with all of that winning, building it up from little old Clemson. Not going to let that go undrafted here. Can I ask you a question, though? Sure. Danny, I'm sorry to interrupt the Mr. Irrelevant no, pick here. But you've got Brian Hartline as your OC, who has never been a play caller. And you're hiring the, you know, the the delegator. So you're putting a lot of trust in Brian Hartline in, in your program here. Like, you sure you didn't want, like, Ryan Day or Lincoln Riley around to kind of help with that? Just, you know, just to be looking over the shoulder? Yeah, you know, I'm positive. Not about that? Okay. All right. Um, we've... Listen, it's it it's not going to come down to to being the uh, the genius X's and O's guy. We put in so much work. It's just about execution, about being in the right mindset when you get out there on the field. I think we'll we'll have the squad to get us there. We're getting a lot of Michigan hate in the chat, but like last time I checked, Debo Swinney's six and four in the college football playoff, and Harbaugh's zero and two. Right. Mm. So, I mean, two <laughs> rings, no rings. Doesn't Dabble have like two wins over Ohio State as well? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Plays him far less often. <laughs> um, all right, Danny. Back to you. You've got your got OC, three DC head coach. Wild, the wildest of the wild cards. But Bud kind of pushed me over the edge there because Sharon Moore, Michigan, how much is he really calling the plays? I think it's more Harbaugh based. My guy Dukes isn't calling plays. So you know what you know what every staff needs, especially when you get to a level like I am at the number one spot with Kirby Smart. You got a plethora of analysts that you have on your staff, guys that you can get information from. Give me Cliff Kingsbury. Yep, he's my all. <laughs> I need I need the quarterback experience. I need the you know I want to have somebody who can air it out a little bit more, and. I think he's going to be on a quick track back to a job somewhere next year if he wants it. I didn't even think of him. That was a very good pick. Was, was well, there was another one. So, yeah. was Jim Leonard draft eligible? Because he's I don't he's not on a staff anywhere, is he? No, he's taking he's a, he's taking year a year off. off sabbatical. So I didn't know if he was eligible. He's old and burnt out. <laughs> No, uh, that was that was a good one because there are a lot of the the wild card analysts out there. I'm glad that we, that we were able to get uh get Cliff Kingsbury in there. That's that seems very fair here. 
Um, I, I gotta say that I like Jackson's comment right here. Dabo meeting pole assassins monkey at the staff <laughs> barbecue. <laughs> is going to be to review Danny uh, has head coach Kirby smart in the first defensive coordinator, Manny Diaz in the second Sharon Moore, offensive coordinator from Michigan, uh, Nick Eason, defensive line coach from Clemson, Ron Dugans, wide receiver coach from Florida State, Cliff Kingsbury, offensive analyst from USC. I've got Glenn Schumann, defensive coordinator from Georgia, Brian Hartline, offensive coordinator from Ohio State, uh, Larry Johnson, defensive line coach from Ohio State, Eric's, Alex Mirabal, offensive line coach from Miami, Jeff Banks, special teams coordinator from Texas, and Dabo Sweeney, head coach from Clemson. Bud's got Nick Saban, head coach from Alabama, Matt House, defensive coordinator from LSU, uh, Alex Atkins, offensive coordinator from Florida State, Todd Hartley, tight ends coach from Georgia, and Juwan Sider, running backs coach from Penn State, and Rodney Gardner, defensive line coach from Tennessee. Tom's got Garrett Riley, offensive coordinator from Clemson, Phil Parker, defensive coordinator from Iowa, Del McGee, running backs coach from Georgia, Al Washington, defensive line coach from Notre Dame, Stacy Searles, offensive line coach from Georgia, and Brian Kelly, the head coach from LSU. We got a lot of Georgia out there, a lot of Ohio State, a couple Clemsons out there, a couple LSUs out there. Uh, any other trends that we notice? I see US uh, Cliff Kingsbury is the only Pac-12 representative. East. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm somewhat surprised Lincoln Riley didn't get taken. But how did I had him as my? If I was, I knew I knew I was taken right away, but I didn't know until a few hours before the show. When I was looking yesterday, I had him as a top three option. I had a couple of Pac-12 guys um, on my almost drafted list. The, the, the dude I was just I was kind of debating in my head between Matt House uh, and the other guy was Morgan Scally at Utah. I, I think there's a really good job out there. Um, obviously, like I like Jim Mahalzik because I drafted my team last year and Oregon State did nothing to dissuade that. I just I wasn't going to take an O-line coach when I already had Atkins as, as my OC. Um, Dante Williams at USC. I, had, I mean, I had Andy Ludwig, Ryan Grubb, and Will Stein. Like If we were in some yeah. position where by the time it got back to me, you know, Hartline was gone. Garrett Riley was gone. Like my my sort of next up in line at the offensive coordinator, actually all Pac-12 there with Utah, Washington, and Oregon. But uh, but again, they fall to the just outside the picture. I also had Chris Hampton kind of on that defensive coordinator con- consideration list. Um, Jesse Minter, you know, Michigan mm-hmm. fans upset that we don't have a whole enough Michigan. I promise you, they were they were definitely under consideration right here. I had Jay Harbaugh on, on my list if I had to get down it. Like if if Cider and Hartley were both gone, I was, I was going to probably go go Jay Harbaugh. I think he's done a nice job there. Ooh, yeah, I had, Sean, Sean Lewis. Yeah, I had Sean Lewis on my OC. Yep. I, I had two. I have two Pac-12 offensive coordinators left on my board: Sean Lewis and Ryan Grubb. And then one of the things I was going to do, like when I saw I was picking fourth, I had a plan where I might do what I was kind of getting at with you, Chip. I was thinking of taking, depending on how things broke, Lincoln and Hartline as my first two picks because that way I would still get Hartline as the recruiter, but he would be filling my offensive coordinator role and I'd still be pairing him with Lincoln. But the way things broke, I kind of liked my OCDC position better. Who else? Uh, I thought D-line was very deep this year, like really deep. Uh, Trey Scott not going is is Mm -hmm. kind of nuts. 
I want to. He didn't go last year either. <laughs> I know, but this, it's a total team effort. So yeah. like uh, Jordan wants a ball. We'll, we'll 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 take a ball. Like it's not like Rodney Garner sucks. Like the, the guy does a really good really good job. Charlie Partridge. Mm. Yeah, I mean the dude just t- takes three stars and puts them in the first round constantly out of mm-hmm. pit, and it, I think it's a really. He was my number one D line coach, honestly, like o- over everybody else because. I mean, you're recruiting these kids to pit. The IDs, the talent develops it really well. Um, Bo Davis at Texas, I think, is a really good D line coach, man. Mike Elston um, at Michigan is another one. Yeah, Brian Williams, by the way, like can't because the, the you know the, the co DC thing. But um, another Chad one is saying no. Oh, sorry, go ahead, no, Bobby Petrino. <laughs> I. I I had him on a list. No way. Elijah, <laughs> no, Elijah Robinson. That was if you want to swing for the fences. I mean, uh, Elijah Robinson too. Like this is the. There's a lot of really good young D, young D line coaches out there right now. Um, I like the way we do this. You know, we're like we've we've got this consistent. I think that the head coach, offensive coordinator, three wild cards. It, it seems to lead to everybody being able to highlight some coaches that everybody knows, but also some of our personal favorites. It, it is also because we're not constructing 10 coach staffs leads to a lot of fans being like, but what about my guy? Which I guess is good for engagement. But yeah, it's a it's an inter- interesting way to look at it because you are inherently going to miss on guys that you like mm-hmm. just because of the way we're doing this. Who do you think is the best? Because I wanted a good quarterback coach. That's why I was thinking that last pick pitch. So I went with Kingsbury. It was hard to find one that's not also the coordinator. Yeah, you know, said, Lincoln Riley is the best QB coach. Right, right. For so like, I was looking at I was yeah. looking at Halsey from Tennessee mm-hmm. and uh, Milwee from Texas just because of the talent they're working with. And mm-hmm. I mean, Halsey's been you know the the offense been this quarterback play has been spectacular. And if he gets that again, Heupel's going to get all the credit. But there is a quarterback coach. You want to like have the best way to get promoted to a head coach or a coordinator really fast be good at developing the most important position in the sport yeah like it's it's a really consistent pattern you know because if you have bad quarterback play the rest of stuff doesn't really matter um Um, i'm really you know really disappointed that bud didn't take marcus satterfield i know that satterfield's (laughs) been at the top of uh, i've seen spreadsheets and documents that he's you know been studied by Bud extensively. Yeah, the thought, you ever play like, like you ever play Omaha High Low? Yes. <laughs> like if, if we were playing a low game and and Brian Ferentz wasn't wasn't available, like I, I'd definitely go there. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, two two offensive coordinators I, I thought deserved mention. Um, Kansas's guy. I'm going to botch how you say his name. I just really like what Kansas does. Uh, Andy Kotelnicki. Kotelnicki. Yep. Kodernicki. All right. Yeah, I think he does a tremendous job. And Kevin Johns at Duke, mm. uh, I think, is a, is a really good play caller. Um, they, they keep people off balance there. I know the, the quarterback's a stud, but uh, I think that even independent of him, they do a nice job. Oh, any, just, other, any other I, names or other takeaways? I have other a lot left on my board. All right. Let's hear Another it. DL coach, and this is also goes to, you know, Homer pick. I mean, Illinois had one of the best defensive lines last year. It's expected to have one of the best defensive lines in the country again this year. Terrence Jamison, the defensive line coach for the Illini. I had Tony Alford, the running backs coach at Ohio State. Charles Kelly, the safeties coach at Alabama. Vince Marrow, the tight end coach at Kentucky. Mike Elston, the DL coach at Michigan. Both the secondary coaches at Penn State who have put a lot of dudes in the NFL the last few years. Terry Smith and Anthony Poindexter, kind of a combination there. And then Fran Brown, the defensive backs coach at Georgia, too. Another Georgia coach that was also on my board. Charles Kelly, you guys have Kyle Colorado. 
Yes. I had Charles Kelly Char- from Colorado on mine. Yeah. Charles Kelly is the DC at Colorado now. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, he left for Colorado. Yep. Oh, yeah. Liam Cohen, now that he's back at Kentucky. I mean, I'm not going to pick him over anyone that got picked, but definitely. A, he was on. Uh, so there were there were a couple of do not draft guys. Yeah. Phil Longo was another one. Just want to see what it looks like first. You know, first year plays. They might crush mm-hmm. it. They might be awesome. Um, you know, or breaking in new quarterbacks. That was an issue. Yeah, I I, I was going to do too, like Aaron Henry, the new defensive coordinator at Illinois, because he was the secondary coach for Illinois the last year, which I don't know if you noticed, put quite a few guys in the in the draft last season, but he hasn't been a DC yet. So I didn't want to actually put him on my board. So it wasn't like a Ryan Walter situation last year, which, which was not just a homer pick chip. In honor oh. of my uh, Scott Cochran pick, I wanted to go with a strength coach somewhere. Uh, Kaz Kazadi. Remember how many guys talked about yes. him at TCU who were yes. like, he helped us get here. And I do think after coordinator, strength coach is probably the most important position out there, but you don't get much credit. I thought it was pretty cool that TCU acknowledged him so much. He's they the dude you see more about. often. Yeah. Yeah. Coach Kaz uh, at, at Media Days was it was mentioned as often as his. Sonny strength coach okay. draft who's doing it let's go, <laughs> let's go. Um, okay so bud you're going to be at elite 11 um be sure to follow him for updates from throughout the camp and then when you're back next week uh, we'll get a good recap of how everybody looked um so very much enjoy that we are going to as a piece of the mailbag include a secondary draft for thursday so what we say um two corners Two Three safeties. corners, two safeties. Three corners, two safeties. Okay, so there we go. So the secondary draft uh, will be included in, as part of the mailbag. Come and hang out. We'll be answering questions all throughout. Uh, don't worry, bud. Team BJ will ride strong uh, as we continue and wrap up our draft season. So come join us if, Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern time. Yes, bud. Now, now, Jordan, we took Garner. We 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 saw this last year, right? We could not be just loading up on 10. No, yeah, I'm just seeing I'm seeing a shaking head. Doesn't seem like that was in, enjoyed by, by, by our, our fantastic producer. And you can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernell. You can follow him at Danny Cannell. You can follow him at Bud Elliott 3. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Another draft one. See ya. <laughs>